हरिओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हनुमान जी इज नोन फॉर हिज स्ट्रेंथ एंड इन दिस वर्स ऑल्सो फॉर हिज इंटेलिजेंस महावीर विक्रम बजरंगी कुमति निवार सुमत के संगी टू वर्ड्स यूज डेज कुमति which means crooked thinking and sumati which means noble or virtuous thinking and so he is with his grace we are able to change our faulty thinking to make it noble and beautiful we have heard many a times as the mind so the man the way we think translates into what we speak the way we think then translates into our behavior and our personality overall and our thinking if we liken it to computer language we have certain things that are default settings which maybe as we were growing up some assumptions were made so one of the examples would be if i'm constantly rewarded when i get angry then an assumption in my head could be that anger helps me get what i want anger gives me power anger gives me control over people and then another assumption if i get angry it's good i'm able to control people and it wouldn't be as spelled out as this but somewhere in our thinking that gets understood and then without doing that whole thought process just we get into this default setting of when it doesn't go the way i want it to go i get angry that's default thinking which then comes into play into so many of our occasions but that kind of thinking is what would be called as kumati it's a wrong assumption it's a wrong conclusion the understanding even though experience had taught it to me is a very limited way of understanding a situation and sometimes this default setting is so strong that even in the light of new information so if i read about it or if i hear about how anger is so destructive the default setting doesn't change because this new information doesn't get as strongly impacted into the mind it doesn't override the past programming but in this first replacing the new understanding which is far more conducive is what's being talked about kumati nivara sumati ke sangi to change all the assumptions well firstly before we even change it to question to question the assumptions that we make so every time i get angry and then i do get what i want i can question did i really get what i want maybe i got the thing maybe if i'm fighting and i get angry and i want a discount on something i get the discount but then i also get this unpleasant feeling from the other person and this dislike that stays in them every time i meet them again and again so i think i got what i wanted because i got the discount 
but I'm also aware that I didn't get what I want because I want people to like me. So to firstly question the assumptions that we have, and then secondly, to reevaluate, and then with better understanding to create a rule for myself or to program myself that in a situation, anger may not be the way to get what I want. Anger may not be even giving me power. It may be taking away my power. I remember for myself when I had seen Guruji, Swamiji, and sometimes even older people in the community, when they so peacefully react to a situation, if I've been flustered and trying to get something done, and they're able to just very calmly handle the same situation, it's always caught my attention that, yeah, why, why do we get so stressed? Why do we get so hassled? Even something as simple as traffic or in a crowd in the train stations, some people get so irritated and push through the crowd, and others just patiently wait and will get to the very often, more or less the same time, you get where you need it to go. People who change lanes and dart through the crowds, and then very often you meet that same person at the traffic light. So all that effort and restlessness, wasted. But it's for us, each one of us, to see it for ourselves. To understand an assumption was made, a conditioning was made. At some point in our life, based on some experience, we may never remember the experience or why we created that conditioning, but to become aware that it's there, to question it, and then to try and understand if it's really serving the purpose it does. There may be many conditionings within ourselves that are useful. And there may be many that are not. I remember uh, reading a story about somebody who wanted to do tapas around food. And so what he did was he took up a vow that he would never waste what was on his plate, which is a wonderful tapas. And the other thing he did was he took a vow that he wouldn't speak while he was eating. Again, a very good tapas. And the idea is to stay single-pointed. I don't speak while I'm eating because I stay single-pointedly focused on the act of eating. And then I'm very aware, not only of the taste and the flavor, but I'm also aware of how full I am. And so I don't overeat. The tapas of not wasting, again, the idea of self-control, the not indulging too much, being alert, also, more importantly, honoring the food that is there in front. So both these tapas are wonderful trainings for the mind. So he had recently gotten married, and he goes to his mother-in-law's house, and she, in her excitement to please her new son-in-law, cooks fish soup. And this gentleman doesn't like it at all. 
But the mother-in-law, of course, very, very eager to please, is standing on the side of the table, attentive to what he's eating, what he's not eating, if she can give him more. And before sitting, she wasn't aware that he has taken up this vow of not to waste and not to speak while eating. So she, he sees the food and he thinks, oh no, I'm gonna have to drink this soup, which I really don't like. And he thought, what I'll do is I'll finish it first. So he drinks the whole bowl and the mother-in-law thinks, oh my gosh, he's finished the soup so quickly, he loves it. I must give him more. This is so nice that I have made something my son-in-law enjoys. And so she fills it up and he's devastated, but he has vowed that he is not allowed to speak. So he says, I cannot break my promise. And he drinks the whole second bowl. And this time there were a few bones, which could be very sharp. And he thinks, well, I'm not allowed to waste. So he drinks that too. Again, she sees the bowl finish and she sees that he's, you know, had it in such a quick amount of time that she pours the third bowl. By this point, he's already full and the taste is something he doesn't particularly like. The bone is like a thorn stuck in his throat, hurting him, and he's already feeling quite sick. But he starts on the third bowl, and halfway through, he feels so sick from having too much too quickly, from not liking the taste, and probably from most of all, having a bone piercing in his throat. And finally, he has to break both his vows because he couldn't finish the third bowl, and he has to tell his mother-in-law, please stop giving me the soup because it's making me feel very, very, very sick. Even though doing tapas is such a noble thing, and so sincerely he tried to do it, eating the bone is just foolishness. Kumati is when we don't understand. The reason we are doing it should be served. If I want to not waste because I want to honor the food, that purpose should be served rather than forcing myself to do it and then later not even being able to finish it and then having become sick from it. With so many things that we do, it is the correct understanding that is the most important. And to question the understanding that we have is the way to improve Sumati, noble thinking. Think about it. For more information on Chinmaya Mission, visit our website, chinmayamission.com. For all the young adults out there, to know about our upcoming activities at the nearest Chinmaya Mission Center, visit us at chinmayayuvakendra.org. And for all our parents and teachers listening, please visit chinmayakids.org for an interactive experience of spirituality on a digital platform. Spellings of the website are provided in the description field of the podcast.